You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And it's a statement Monday on the show here. And uh, my first statement, let's just start here. Let's just get into it, gentlemen. Let's just get right into it. No full play here. Mm -hmm. First pitch swinging. Way to go, Joey Gallo. Yeah, I like it now. Statement number one. Get the sound effect ready here, sir. I hope Anthony Edwards isn't full of crap. He did a lengthy Q&A with the Star Tribune over the weekend or sometime recently. It was via Zoom, and he didn't have his camera on, so there was like... You know. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know what, though? If you're an NBA player, maybe you should not be rolling your uh, camera. Yeah, did, yes. Well, didn't yeah. think of that till you said it. Just keep that camera off, actually. I want to go through some of the things Anthony Edwards said to the Star Tribune here. It's all over the place in terms of like subject matter. And if you take Anthony Edwards' word at face value, it's great things for Timberwolves fans. You want to hear all these things. The question is, is he going to follow up and follow through on all these things? So when asked by his player development coach, what do you want to get out of your career? Edwards said he wanted to be the best shooting guard to ever play the game, per the Star Tribune. Quote from Edwards, I'm chasing my boy MJ for sure. It'll be hard, but I'm chasing him. I'll just stop after each one of these and let you mm-hmm. guys react. That was intriguing. Um, I felt like that. that's great, but... I- as you get more into these quotes, I feel like it gets juicier, like more in- intriguing. Like that to me is a very like, yeah, I mean, dude is super competitive and he is certainly ha- has the ability to be a star. But I think if you stopped at that point, you, you're like, okay, dude. But as you it's go hyperbolic. more into it, it's yeah, hyperbolic, but as right? you get more in- into it, I think that there's some far more uh, substantial things that Ant said. I think what I would say back, if I'm the development coach, I would say, "Wow, okay, that's uh, you know, that's 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 like as high of a bar as you can set in any professional sport." And you know that the last guy that tried to chase MJ directly was Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. and he was up at two fifteen in the morning shooting a thousand jump shots and doing cardio hours before practice started, pretty much every day. He was a hyper obsessed workout freak. They kind of put his entire life on hold to try and chase Michael Jordan. So that's that's the level of commitment and energy yep. and and drive that you need if that's the path you want to go down. How do you plan to get there is the question. And that brings us to the next part of the Q&A here. Edwards said he wants to be in the best shape of anyone in the league when next season begins. Quote, I want to be in better shape than everybody else in the NBA. The basketball stuff is going to come naturally. It's second nature to me. I want to be in the best shape ever. And you know what? I will say this. On the chasing MJ front, 
when you watch some of the great players of the last 20 years, the Kobe's, the Dwayne, like the, the guard slasher types, the Kobe's, the Dwayne Wade's, the LeBron's. Sure. They oftentimes just have more gas in the tank. They're just more energetic late in games. They just have an engine that doesn't quit. And sometimes in Anthony Edwards' first three years, it does look like he's huffing and puffing a little bit in the second half and, and, like there's another level of cardio that he hasn't quite figured out how to unlock yet. Mm-hmm. Here's what I like about this one. So it feels like oftentimes guys who, who want to be great but have no idea how to get there will work on things they're good at. I'm going to go put up a ton of shots. Well, you can shoot. Like you don't need to work. Like it doesn't hurt to work on that, but like if that's your, your big thing. I mean, Laquan Treadwell, what did he do? He continually worked out. He was in great shape. He continually worked out and worked on things he was good at. So the Remember qu- Derek Williams, that former number two overall pick that would like practice his windmill 360 dunks every day. Yeah. Like, dude, we know. We know you can you know you can dunk a basketball. It's your weakness. You shoot. Can you handle exactly? You, yeah. It's your weaknesses. Guys like Kobe worked on weaknesses. I love this because yes, I, I mean we have seen late in games where Ant, it's not that he's out of shape, but by basketball standards, looks winded at times. We have certainly seen back-to-backs where he, like, doesn't show up because you can tell uh, it's taken its toll. So I I love this again, Phil. You said it. Assuming that this is all factual and the truth, I love the fact that he clearly has an idea. There are things I need to work on, to improve, and they're not things that I am already an all-star with. Mm -hmm. Okay, he also said he wants to fine-tune his game for the clutch moments. He wants to take the last shot, just like he did at the end of Game 5, where he wound up getting arrested for throwing a chair um, after missing it. But, quote, making the right play is me taking the shot at the end. That's pretty much my mindset going into next year, he said. Now, there was a follow-up here that said, now, if he gets doubled or trapped, okay, I need to make the right play. Right. So you got to be a little careful just just chucking up shots because it's your turn to take a shot. But that Mamba mentality of unless they double me or something, like it's this is this is my shot to take. What do you think of that? Dex, go ahead. I, I love his mindset that he wants to be the guy. I think that's what I really liked about Anthony Edwards is he wants to be the leader. He wants to get better um, trying to be the next Kobe Bryant is or next Michael Jordan, I should say even before one step before that is uh is a pretty lofty goal, but those are great people to be comparing yourself to. I mean, Michael's obviously the epitome of the league. He might be the greatest athlete of all time. Kobe Bryant really had to work at being the best guy, right? Like he, no matter what Kobe was going to get his shots up and did everything he can to stay healthy, did unorthodox things to try to stay healthy because he wanted to be that good for as long as he possibly could. So I love that Anthony Edwards kind of has this same mindset, and I love that Anthony Edwards is going to be the face of this team. And I think comparing himself to two guys like that, and Kobe and MJ, are are good people to compare yourself to. Yeah, it's like I want to know, okay, how much of it is hyperbolic versus legitimate? You're chasing MJ. It's kind of like, okay. That's, right. Ant, Ant will sometimes just say goofy things. <laughs> Great. Like everyone's chasing MJ. Are you actually chasing MJ? What's... What are we doing here? My question off, off of, of that is, and I have no problem with that mentality. In fact, I like it. Here's my question, though, and it goes beyond Ann himself. How does it work? 
So, like, if he's going to be the guy, if he's going to take the shot, if he's going to, at the very least, decide who gets that shot, how does that include Carl Anthony Towns? Because you can't look past that. Cat at his postseason presser talked about, well, I had to defer, you know, I had to do this, you know, I'm Cat, but I was willing to. That's all. That's a message from him that, you know, you don't understand, but I was putting myself aside. And if you have to send that out, you're sending a message, right? So I guess my question is, I have no problem with Ant, and I don't even disagree at all, because he probably should be the guy, in air quotes. But that being said, I have a question then, okay, how does this work within the confines of the structure of what this team is or is going to become? Well, I think Anthony Edwards sort of ascending, and he, and he again, he did in the playoffs, ascending to this playmaker, this central figure, everything, they're, they're building everything around him. He's not just standing in the corner on half the possessions, like everything's kind of running through him. I think that helps Carl Anthony Towns greatly because now instead of Cat having to feel pressure or initiate or, you know, deal with sometimes Carl Anthony Towns when it's like, all right, he's going to get the ball. If an opposing team crowds him with a slightly smaller athletic big man, he gets locked up and frustrated. And if, if everything can kind of run through Ant and Carl's getting the ball on the second, third pass, it's swinging around more naturally. He's going to get more open three point looks. So I actually think this paradigm shift can be great for everyone. Just to continue here, Edwards is mastering the nuances of playing in the NBA, such as knowing the first names of refs so he can communicate with them better. I love this one. This is, hey, you should know. This. I'm a superstar. Hey, Scotty, Scotty Foster. Yeah. Hey, Ed, <laughs> you know, whoever else, Tony. Yep. Build a personal relationship with these guys. So you can have two-way communication and maybe get, because it, it seemed oftentimes like Anthony Edwards was not getting the same calls as some of the other you know, big name wing players that are trying to get to the hoop like he does. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, plans to spend a lot of time in Minnesota this offseason to work out with Jade McDaniels. And said he's planning on heading to France at some point to work out with Rudy Gobert. Here's that section. Edwards seemed reluctant to pass to Gobert when working with him in the screen and roll game this season. Edwards said that wasn't necessarily the case. Quote, man, I love Rudy. Me and Rudy got a great understanding. We talk all the time. I think he can get better as far as catching the ball, jump hooking. <laughs> that's Well, yes, that's he can get better catching yeah. the ball. I tell him all the time, like, Rudy, I want to throw you the ball every time. I want you to jump hook or money dunk on somebody. This summer, we're going to get together and work on it. I'll believe this one when I see it. Like, I like this, but Aunt, I feel like you got to weigh w- what he says a little bit. And th- there's a point there where he then makes it clear that Gobert is going to be paying for his entire trip because right now he makes all the cash. So I feel like this one might be Ant being Ant. I like the thought, if it's true. I just don't know. I'm buying it until I I hear that this has actually happened. I buy he's going to stay here, you know, and work. I think the Wolves, and that could be old takes exposed, if they can figure out a way to unload it. They're stuck with Rudy Gobert. Like I don't think Rudy Gobert is going anywhere. I really think he's he's at least stuck here for another season. The contract's tough to move. You're not going to get back the picks you lost from the straight up with just the Gobert trade. So he's kind of stuck here. That being said, he has to get better with Anthony Edwards going forward. Um, the tw- the twin towers aspect of of uh, Gobert and Cat didn't necessarily work. That philosophy didn't work. But Gobert and Ant definitely have to figure out ways to be more basically dynamic on offense. Have more chemistry, I should say. Not even dynamic. Just have some type of chemistry 
on offense. And there's definitely warts in Rudy Colbert's offensive game. But if Ant wants to make the extra effort, and if that involves flying over to France, I mean, well, that dude's committed to being better. It's the same thing to go uh, from his point about wanting to be like Michael and Kobe or anyone like that, where he wants to make his teammates better, and the only way to do that is to put in the necessary work. Yeah. By the way, Gobert is undecided about playing internationally this summer. Sounds like he might lean toward not playing so he can get fully healthy and if they, if work he, on his game. Oh, my God, if he does. I'm he so, shouldn't play internationally. No. Dude, just rest up. Do you up. know how much work he put in last July in that tournament? And then he came back and eventually said, yeah, you know what? I was a bit f- fatigued. Bleep that. Yeah. Dude, you play for the Timberwolves, not your country. Retire if you want to go play for your country. <laughs> so there, there's Judge disdain. I for, hate uh, international, international play. play in the off season. I don't think it should be. An, it's not necessary. You do? That's crazy. We've never. Yeah, no, I know. Never addressed. I know. I know. No, I know. Um, so there. So that's all under the umbrella of. I hope my statement. I hope Anthony Edwards isn't full of crap. How how much of that do you buy, Phil? The MJ stuff was a little over the top for me. I agree. But I, but it, I, but I also understand how it all falls into. He he has that type of personality. He's just like, he's almost um. What's the word? Like he's he's always like innocently ignorant sometimes. But it's it's like in this charming way. I yeah. do believe his competitiveness, the drive. I do think he understands the importance of building connections with Jade McDaniel's on a deeper level, and at least as of right now, Rudy Gobert. Like Gobert's on your team contractually for three more years. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gone out of his way to build a relationship with Carl Anthony Towns and vice versa, I think. So I would say like 85 to 90% of it, I think he's good for. All right. That's pretty so good. We'll see about the MJ stuff. All right. Declan. All right. My statement. Something to think about is my statement. Something mm. to think about. And kind of a shocker. Monty Williams gets fired by the Phoenix Suns after losing a uh, uh, losing to the Denver Nuggets in the NBA playoffs. Now, this one kind of surprised me. This is a reigning coach of the year. This is a guy who took the Suns to the NBA Finals just two years ago. Actually, that Suns team went right through the Western Conference uh, that year. I think they only lost like four games in route to the NBA Finals. And didn't they even have a two games to O lead? I think on Milwaukee in that NBA Finals before the they Bucks did. won four straight. So they were yeah, both those dudes, both those coaches fired. Yeah, about that. yeah, both of them are now fired. So Monty Williams uh, obviously was dealt, I think, a pretty rough hand here. And and look, Kevin Durant, uh, the trade there made things a lot difficult, more difficult for him in terms of his rotation. Is Kevin Durant a better player than you know Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder and Mikhail Bridges? For sure, he's Kevin Durant. But that that took away three pretty pivotal rotation pieces for him. Where now mm-hmm. he's coaching a small bench. Josh Akogi has to play significant minutes for them. I think yeah. he was dealt a pretty rough hand in Phoenix. And to be honest, I love Chris Finch. I think Monty Williams would be an awesome coach to lead the Timberwolves, dude. I'm going to put it out there now. I think Monty Williams will get way more out of this team than Chris Finch. And I think this is something to think about. I don't think you can just like unceremoniously now fire Chris Finch. I don't optics are well, a little, I mean, <laughs> little tough. Maybe you could. Monty's going to get a job quick. Yeah, exactly. This ain't going to take well, a how, Do you think, uh, in, in an ironic twist, is there a chance the Bucks could hire Monty Williams yes. to easily to replace Bud? Would you, okay, let's play, let's yes, keep going down this path that Declan carved out. Would you fire Chris Finch from Monty Williams? Show of hands. Show of hands if you yeah, would. I would. Oh, yeah, he's a great coach. Really I think I would too. Yeah. Would you fire Chris Finch from Mike Buddenholzer, who no. the Bucks just fired? I don't think Hand so. Hand up. No. no. 
I don't think so either. I, I actually I know that he he technically won an NBA championship, but you know even some of the people that followed that team closely that season, like the, some of the tactical mistakes he would make, forgetting Hawks had the same thing, right? And the Hawks, yeah, they were Hawks annoyed got by some good of that with stuff him, too. but then but then fired him. Yep, and Giannis was the one that kind of yep. hulked the Bucks to a championship. Okay, if and I haven't seen, maybe this already happened, but if the Sixers fired Doc Rivers, would you fire Chris Finch for Doc Rivers? No. No, I wouldn't. I like Doc, but I wouldn't I, fire him. I, like I can't get his, his, no. his, he's like 20 games under 500 yeah. in games where he has a chance to clinch. And I get that that's a champagne problem the Wolves would love to have, which is, boy, we're really bad right. when we have a chance to clinch a playoff series. Yeah, I probably would which not. Which they haven't had in 20 years. I probably but. wouldn't fire Chris Finch for Doc at this point. Yeah, Finch. It's funny because Finch was so good two years ago. He helped build the best offense in the NBA, scoring wise. And you give him a couple big men that you want to put in the same starting lineup, and it's hard to figure out. So I'm not. I'm not just going to knee jerk fire Finch. But there are, to Declan's point, there are some interesting names available in the NBA coaching carousel. Speaking of, what about Nick Nurse? Now he wouldn't take the job here, in my opinion, because he's tight with Chris Finch. But if but if I yeah, came to I you would. and I said. Yeah. I'm yes. firing Finchie for Nick Nurse. Okay. Yeah, I think th- those two are such good friends, though. That Well, perhaps they could re-team co-coaches. And Nick, hey, Nick, just run the team. Chris, we'll pay you the same amount of money, Offensive but you're going to be the lead assistant. Yeah. yeah. You're going to be the OC of this team. Uh, before Judd dishes his statement here on a Statements Monday, a shout-out to our friends at Power Lodge. Here's a statement. Power Lodge is your home for throttle therapy on land and water. There are three locations, Power Lodge in Minnesota, Brainerd, Onamia, and Ramsey, and Miller Marine, which is now also under the Power Lodge umbrella in St. Cloud. Hundreds of pontoons in stock across all Power Lodge locations. You can get your hands on one of these bad boy Benningtons here too, Judd. And you know what? I mean, in this town, right, our sports teams, they take a toll. They take a toll. But you know what doesn't? Throttle therapy. That doesn't take a toll. That is therapy. And look at that. Bennington, beautiful sunset on the lake, forgetting the problems of the wild, the wolves, the Vikings. If just for a few hours as you relax in that Bennington, think about that. Throttle therapy is a very real thing. And Sports Dad's going to tell you right now, it's good for you, too. Yeah, get out. Get out in luxury. Get out on the water. PowerLodge.com, MillerMarine.com. Thank you to them for supporting our show. Thanks to Nutrisource for supporting our dogs, the official dog and pet food of Score North. Oh, who's a good Maya boy, girl? Maya Mackie. Maya Mackie. Dude, she had it. Man, oh, we ran her ass her. all around yesterday. We, we wow. probably had like 15,000 steps with Maya going all over the place yesterday. And, boy, she was hungry for her Nutrisource chicken and rice for dinner last night. Let's see. Stella's now... Awakening me at approximately 6.30 every morning to say, get your butt out of bed, get me outside, and then when I get back in, I want my breakfast. And, of course, every time, that is a delicious Nutrisource breakfast that Stella enjoys. And, oh, Vinny. With the badge boy. on, I do love that badge. By yeah, the way, yeah, he well, he wants to, you know, he thinks he's a Score North employee now after yes. a couple social media appearances. So uh, yes. he wants some cuts. So I might have to talk to Chris Ron about an awkward uh, pay cut here, but we'll deal with that in a different situation. <laughs> it's moving time uh, this week for old Dex tweets, and you know that's a lot on a dog. We've been packing up the oh, apartment. East. There's there's stuff everywhere. You know, he's a little on edge. I'm like, what's going on in here? Yeah. Why are you stacking all these bins? Well, you know, here's this new source treat. Go enjoy your treat. It's all good, buddy. Don't freak out. Shout out to Nutrisource for keeping my dog sane. 
NutrisourcePetFoods.com. NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a Nutrisource location near you. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Okay, the statement's train has pulled up to Judd Zolgat. Okay, I would like to make a statement about uh, baseball, but it, it did not fit in our Twins segment earlier because it's a little bit more general, but it does involve the Twins and, and what I saw being at the Cubs-Twins series on Friday and Saturday. And here's my statement. It's time. We have now gone down the path of interleague play being so common. It is time to realign the divisions. And it is time for the Twins to be in a division. And if you are a traditionalist, cover your ears. Don't lip read. You're going to be so pissed off. You're not going to be able to see straight. But it is time for the Twins, the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Brewers, and I would say the White Sox to be in a division. Target field... Was so no so, Tigers, no Royals. Yeah. Target Field was so much fun. And part of it is there are a ton of Cardinals and Cubs fans in this town. When you play those teams, you guys, that ballpark, and mm-hmm. I can't tell you how fun it is to go to a baseball game where the stadium is buzzing, it's pretty pretty packed, and I don't care if the fans, I got a couple notes, you know, well, it's uh, Twins, it's not Twins fans, you know, it's it's fans of the Cubs, who cares about them? No, it's more fun. The, Dave, Dave, the atmosphere Dave was St. Peter festive. loves it. The atmosphere was festive. It was so great. It is time to say, you know what, how do we create this on more of a basis? Because you know what, guys, when the Royals come to town, I'm going to be quite frank here, it sucks. It's not fun. But don't you think, okay, so I love the idea, but it's it's strictly from a twin's perspective that you're dishing this idea. So if you look outside, so the what's the division you just proposed? You said twins, Cubs, Brewers, Cardinals, Cardinals Brewers, White Sox. White Sox, that's five. So would the would baseball want to put the Royals and the Cardinals maybe in the same division? Because that's yeah. So you might you might have to ditch okay. the Cardinals, but if you ditch the Cardinals, now That's you've fine. ditched the Cubs Cardinals rivalry. Yeah, no, no, no. I no, no. Can can we create a more can we create more can we create a division that allows KC in then? So six. I get your point. Six in the division. We'd almost need. What if we just went back to having two divisions in each league? Well, I think we of, could easily do that. Absolutely. Or you're just saying they should play the Cubs more often. Well, really. I'd lo- I'd love to see them though also competing for the division title with those teams. You know, it's just I like I, I yeah the idea of playing difference. the Cubs on a regular basis is. So how does the new schedule work? Do you wind up playing? Are you they, play the Cubs here every, this year, and then at Wrigley next year, but you're done with the. Cubs. Are you playing every team in baseball? Yes. You, you're, we're not. Oh, so you're playing every team in baseball this year, right? Yep. That's what they've done. Yes. Okay. For the first time ever. It, yeah, that's an exciting. That's an exciting thing that they. Oh, it's a huge step. It's absolutely instead of great. playing the Royals eighteen times, Correct. you play the Royals twelve like, times or whatever it is. Exactly, and and so you, you'll play the Cubs in Chicago. Next year, but what I'm proposing is that you at least get a way to play a home and away against the, those teams. But I think it would be great fun to compete for a division title 
with that group of teams, I just went through. Mm-hmm. I'm all for shaking anything up. It's like we decided, hey, we're gonna we're gonna gut the house here. Nothing yep. is nothing <laughs> is safe. Nothing mm-hmm. is safe. And you've gone into a room and you've said, you know, we haven't thought about this closet yet. But what if we knock it out? What if we knock this wall out? And I'm I'm here to make baseball better. So I like it. All right, my next statement. Jeb was right all along. Whoa. Yep. Record this, Declan. Track mark this, whatever you have to do. For posterity. It's kind of amazing how good veteran NFL players are worth nothing in trades. And I had told you several months ago, you were like, I don't know, they're going to get rid of all these veterans, but they're going to have to cut them all. They're not going to be able to get anything. And I said, are you kidding me? Okay. Adam Thielen, Zadarius Smith. Eric Kendricks, like none of these guys are going to be worth a third round. Dalvin Cook. Yep. And it sounds like, so they got nothing for Kendricks, right? Nothing for Kendricks, they, they nothing for him. Thielen. They cut him, yeah. Thielen they cut. Mm-hmm. They wind up getting a third-day pick swap for Zadarius Smith and might have to eat money to make that happen. Yep. And Dalvin, Dalvin might get a fifth or a sixth-round pick. If you're they lucky. might also just straight-up cut him. Yep. And so I thought, my God, I mean, I'm, I'm not expecting first-round picks here, but come on, a second round, of a fifth rounder, something, and the Vikings, to this point, the Vikings have got nothing. They haven't gotten any additional picks. The two fifth-round picks they got for Zadarius Smith, they had to give up a sixth and a seventh, so they're just like pick swaps, right? Mm-hmm. So, Judd, you were right about the value of aging Vikings and NFL players. It's a brutal league, and and a lot of it is tied to nobody wants their contracts. You know, Dalvin's contract is the problem because yeah. nobody is going to pay him what he is scheduled to make. Um, but it's funny because on on the Zadarius Smith trade, I have seen, and I think it's more from the Brown side. You know, oh, they got a Cleveland got a steal, unbelievable deal. You got a guy who got half a sack in his last nine games, including the playoffs. Okay, you didn't yeah, get a they, steal. But they, he got but up they to didn't a... give up. They didn't give up anything, though. No, but the point is, like this assumption, this assumption that he's going to step in now and get a you know nine and a half sacks again in the first eight games is potential folly. I just think that to say, oh, crazy got ripped off here. That's not how this league always works. I think it's fair to say that the Browns did get a re- – whether they get the same guy or not, the Browns basically for nothing other than cap space and a couple of day three pick swaps, they got a, a really good potential piece potential. to their defensive puzzle. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the and the Vikings, it's I guess it's kind of a lesson that the more money you have backdated on these veteran contracts, the less you're going to get in return mm-hmm. on a potential trade. Woof. Okay. Thank you, Phil. I appreciate that. I feel validated yeah. today. Mm-hmm. Uh, can, I, can I give a weekend observation that that I that I noticed on Saturday morning? Can I get a, can one of the, it's off? It's not sports related necessarily. Oh, well, then I'm out of here. Bye, guys. Okay, gotcha. I have a non-sports. Well, it's, it's a partial sports one too. That I, so yes. Okay, so uh, I, I was golfing over the weekend. We booked the last minute tee time at a at, at a course That's and a and. You know, it was, uh, it was, we're moving pretty quick. We even teed off a little earlier because there was no one at the time, there was no one in front of us. But then eventually, by whole three, we catch up to these group of older boys, older, older gentlemen, I should say. So, how many are in your group and how many in their group? Just there is two of us, one of other, one other guy. So, it's me and one other buddy. So, two and a group of four in front. So, it's, it's your group of two Mm -hmm. and you're not golfing with anyone else. It's a group of two and a group of four. Okay. Yep. And the group of four, um, is moving actually pretty well until they get to the green. Every green, 
Every single thing was lined up and putted out. I mean, they took forever to get off the green. They were, and it turns out... And they're all playing their own ball. Own they ball. They weren't playing like a scramble or anything. Own ball. And then we realize by, you know, whole... Uh, the 19th hole, I should say, after we were done playing, that they were all putting out for money. And I noticed that they were all keeping track of who had putts and whatnot. And they'd go, okay, yeah, you shot 98, you shot 102, you shot 99, you shot 100. Old boys, if we want to play some putting games and you're playing for dough, I get that. But if we're shooting in, in where Dex Tweets likes to play between 98 yeah. and 102, but let's not take up time on the green and probably just avoid uh, putting everything out. You don't need to do that. Let's let's keep play off, play ready, and play often. But my God, guys, this is atrocious. It, everything was taking forever Dude, on the green. It drives me nuts. You have hit on the number one reason why golf takes way too long for amateur players. Like why we get four and a half, five hour golf should be. It should be three hours. Eighteen holes, three hours. If everyone is. First of all, if you shoot, if you're like a 10 handicap or less, do whatever you want. You're going to play fast. You're only, you're only taking 80 shots, right? Yep, right. If you're shooting 100, there needs to be rules here. Forget about the order of where people are putting. If you're shooting 100, it's ready golf all the time. Like, yep. all right, you're, uh, you found your ball first. You hit the next ball. I'll find mine. The problem is we all go find our balls. Takes this guy two extra minutes, but we got to wait for him because it's his turn to shoot, right? If you are a 15 or 20 handicap or worse, it should be ready golf. Anything within five feet of the hole is a gimme at that point. Pick it up. Move on with your day. I think I just solved it. Totally agree. I think I just solved it. At courses like where Dex tweets goes, okay? How about this? Um, A hole clock. Each (laughs) hole has a clock. And when the horn goes off, you must exit that hole and go to and, the next one. Well, the better course will have a ranger is what you're describing. Like a ranger. Well, but a ranger is a guy trying to, and, I'm know, saying, horn, that's it. You're done. You can, you can, you can even like put these in the carts here. So, all right, you've come to the third hole and you have eight minutes to complete this hole. It's a par three. Now you all tee off. You go, I like it. I think pace Cause of play. Ra- rangers are umpires. You know, they they need to be given. But if you have a clock and that's it, you're done. Yeah. Got to get off the hole. I'm playing a, I'm playing a country club this Friday, like a nicer Ooh. country club. And oh. I was invited to play because my buddy said, even though you shoot, you know, your handicap's 22, you play ready and off in golf and you want to pick up the ball and you know when to hit it quick enough. I, 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 Which I'll country shoot, club you going to, Suits? I'll shoot 100 plus probably at this country club. There's no doubt about that. But uh, where, where are you going? Minneapolis club. Oh, hmm. oh, look at this guy. Yeah. Please pass me some Pinot Grigio next. Yeah, that'd be nice. Look at you. Yeah, that'd be nice. Pinot Grigio? Yeah, I don't drink wine. Um, oh, I just, you think rich people drink Pinot Grigio? Uh, a glass of wine, a nice <laughs> glass of red, maybe. Yeah, that's that's what I want on the course, too, a nice glass of Pinot. Like, I'm not even a wine head, and I, I don't mean that's John's a guy. big Sauvignon Blanc That's That's my guess. Oh, me too. Yeah, yep. My fiance yep. loves Sauvignon Blanc. She likes the that's Sauvignon good. Blanc. Uh, I have for you guys... After finally watching Creed 3 over the weekend, ah. or as it should be called, Rocky 9, I have updated Rocky movie rankings for you guys. Sorry, tweet. Have you seen Creed 3, any one of you? No. Nope. Doug's not even seen all the Rocky movies. I've, I've never seen the Creeds. I've seen part You've of it. never seen I've the seen, first one? I've seen part of it. The first on one. On TNT. Awesome. Dude, Creed, the, the Creed movies in general are actually There's nothing really against it. I'm not criticizing it. I just haven't seen the whole thing. I have to add it. There's now been nine Rocky movies, okay? And I'm gonna I'm gonna rank these now. Now that I've seen Creed three, Rocky four still number one. Wow. Okay, 
Creed 1 is number 2. Okay. Wow. Creed 2 is the third best Rocky movie. Hmm. Rocky 2 is fourth. Rocky the original is fifth. Wow. I love okay. all these by the way. It's hard because Rocky's I love all. There's only one that I don't really like. I like 8 of them. One I don't really like. Okay. Rocky 3 is 6th. Creed 3 is 7th. Okay. Rocky Balboa, which is Rocky six, is eight, and then Rocky five, the one we don't speak about, is ninth. And again, I love eight of these movies, okay. so there really should be like a line drawn. So it's Creed three, one. like okay in your mind then? So yeah, the story. I don't want to blow the whole the whole deal here, but um, so Creed. So it's the son of Apollo Creed, in case you haven't seen the Creed movies. Adonis Creed, he has become now, it's kind of like Rocky Three, where yeah. he's now become, he's been world champion, he's defended his belt a bunch of times, he's living in a sick mansion in the Hollywood Hills or whatever, and, and the first 10 or 15 minutes of the movie lay that all out. He encounters a friend from his childhood that was, Adonis Creed was basically holding this dude's gloves and equipment as this dude rose up the Golden Gloves boxing ranks. But then they were both involved in an incident that sent the friend to jail for 20 years. And in those 20 years, Adonis Creed. That's just a little little bit of tie in there, maybe. (laughs) But now the friend gets out of jail, connects with Adonis, basically. I just wanted to reconnect. But really, it was a conniving way. He wants a shot at the title because he felt like Adonis has been living my life for 20 years. I want what's mine now that I'm out of jail. I was always the better boxer. Yep. I was the Golden Gloves, yep. you know, junior champion, whatever it is, and I want what's mine. And that's the main hook. It's it's really, really good, but it's still only, to me, the seventh best Rocky movie. Okay. I didn't love the second Creed. I liked it. I didn't I didn't love the second one. The first one's awesome. I could rewatch that anytime. Yeah, the first one, if you if you do get a chance, the first Creed movie is absolutely incredible. Okay. I'll take so. that. Under advisement. Okay. I don't have a statement, but I have a couple of things to bring to the the table that are regarding our film review series. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, boy. First of all, I watched Crazy Stupid Love again last night. Wow, you watched it. To get a jump on it. Oh, my God, I cannot wait for Friday. (laughs) What a great rom-com. This is a Judd Wheelhouse movie. I I absolutely love this film. I've seen it twice now. I absolutely love this film. Uh, But I, but I also want to bring to the table a discussion on something that Dex said last week that I didn't think was going to be possible, but I was very, very wrong. So I told you guys when we watched Fast and Furious 5, that there is a review of Fast and Furious 10 that basically said it is directly like if you have not seen the the series and you see 10, you have to see five. Fast and Furious 10 is due out this month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's due on Friday. In theaters, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is one that we go that we go see and incorporate. So, yeah, I think the question is, do, like, what do we need to have seen? None of us have seen any of, we have not seen six, seven, eight, which or is nine. why I said the review I read said the one that you have to have seen is five, which we just watched. But in six, I know in six, there is a major. Um, oh, you know something. I know something. I, I, oh, I think, well, nice of you to hold out till now. Uh, wow. It might be difficult. I thought we were a club. It might be a little difficult. Phil, your thoughts on this? I mean, he's. I I think I think well, it's, it's right. hard. It's hard for us to go on and do like a full deep dive review 
of the tenth movie in a franchise without having seen any of them in the last ten. Okay, years. fair enough. Yeah, I just brought it. To, I just wanted a to major bring it up. character dying in real life and yes, being gone from in the a screen, car wreck, which is just really yeah, weird. And yeah, okay, yeah. So we'll we'll figure it out. It, maybe maybe what we do is sometime because it's still going to have legs for a couple months after it's out in theaters too. So sure, okay. Maybe there's a way we can play catch up, behind, or we can maybe our homework is we do it, but we have to watch some of the other movies behind the scenes. We don't have to review them all for the podcast, but we have okay. to have working knowledge so we don't sound like. Well, I was going to say so we don't sound like idiots. Well, we're going to sound like more. That ship has already sailed. Because in, in six, in six, the character uh, Paul Walker's character is like put into it through CGI or something, right? I believe that's seven. seven. Or seven, he's, okay. He's fully alive for six, and okay. then in seven, it's partial. Okay, gotcha. I think his brother yeah. even stood in for seven. Okay. All right. Yeah. I just wanted to bring that up. We'll monitor the situation. Talking point. I will say for we'll Crazy do. Stupid Love, I already have a statement written down, and I haven't even rewatched. Like, I, I've seen it probably in the last year, and I even wrote down a statement yesterday before even watching the movie, because I'm just that excited, and I had to make sure I wrote it down to remember it then. Is I, it screw David Lindhagen? No, but that's... that's I teared that's, up twice. That is a, Not going to lie, I teared up twice. <laughs> Not once, but twice. That's, that's I got a little misty. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Uh, all right, there you go. Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd here on Scornorth. If you could click the subscribe button and the like button on the Scornorth YouTube channel, help spread the word. And on this podcast feed on Apple, five-star rating, positive review, so we can keep spreading the word of Scornorth and Mackie and Judd. See you guys.